you glad that you know him I know him it's not just a story it's not just somebody else's but you met him if you ever met him there's no one like him amen turn to your neighbor say good to be in church with you this morning and amen we certainly love you amen amen God bless you God bless you isn't he good to us? Amen. I'm honored to stand here with you again this morning. Sorry that we scared you a bit. As a matter of fact, it scared me a bit. So, and uh, we had a perfect storm hit us Tuesday morning. For those that don't know, and uh, my sugar dropped, my oxygen dropped, my blood pressure dropped. Rescue squad came and got us and took us to the hospital and they got us stabilized and we've had a hard fight this week and and I stand here and want to just speak to you today the best that I can and uh, they say that we have double pneumonia and one of my lungs is partially collapsed and of course you know that's just like a sack and it's just it just sucks together because of the infection so you know, God can, he can blow that thing back open. And so we believe that with all of our hearts. And, but I'd like to say thank you to all the prayers and, and uh, throughout the world that has prayed for me. And, and I know you got a scare like I got a scare. And, and my family definitely got a scare. The boys thought that bad things was getting ready to happen. And all it takes is one really bad moment. And as I spoke with the doctor on Thursday, he said, you know, Ron, that what you got and pneumonia is a real bad combination. And he said, you need to take care. And so, so we're, we'll spend the next couple of weeks kind of taking a little bit of care. And, and so you pray for us as we recover from it. And uh, we know God's got it in his hands. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you for your patience with us. And there's one thing I want to tell you. I'm not crying wolf. We're in a real fight, and so, amen. We, we certainly love you with all of our hearts, and I want to thank you for all your prayers, and, and really thank you. I really, really thank you. We love you with all of our hearts. I want to welcome Brother Reuben and his wife with us, and for those that don't know Brother Reuben, if you just raise your hand, Brother Reuben Morris and his wife there, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. I think that's your father-in-law that's with you. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. God bless you. Amen. Now, now, is that your sister? Is that a sister here or wife or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. God bless you. God bless you. Each and every one of you. I don't see you this morning. God bless you. We're glad to have you with us. Amen. Brother Joel and them, we're glad to have you guys. 
Amen. You guys are moving and making the process of moving. So thank you for that. Amen. Why don't we do just this and just turn to your neighbor and say, if Brother Ron don't see you, we're glad to have you in church. Roger, sure glad to have you and Sister Ann pray for you guys every day. And amen. Know you're in a battle and you're worried and there's a lot of situations, but aren't we glad that we've got Jesus? Amen. Boy, I sure enjoyed last week with Brother Wayne. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He is a he is a he is a powerful speaker and and we're just honored to be friends with him and his family and had miracles with them and we were preaching brother Josh Bennett's meeting together and evidently we got the devil mad and so amen I'm sure he stays mad at us and then that awesome meal that we had afterwards uh, amen I, I, I sure hope you enjoyed that I want to apologize to you. I was just so sick that day. I, 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 you know, you ever thought about calling in, but that day I felt like calling in and then went to the mill and I looked at Wayne. And I said, I'm leaving. And I, and I, and we did. And so I, I trust in all of that. You can, you can have a little patience with me and amen. God bless you. Maybe you have a need on your heart. You'd just like to say, Lord, would you just come by and remember me? Amen. Father, you see all of our hands today. We have a great need that you would sweep by our way. And you're such a great God. You hear and you answer our prayers. Now I ask you, Father, that you see every hand. Now you're the kind of God that can go to each person and be so personal to them. With the kind hand. In the doctor's field, they call it bedside manner. But Lord, you're the kind of God that can be so personal that we know that it's you that's working and not some feeble man. Lord, we're not looking to a man even today, even as I stand here. Lord, I, I'm not standing here just to try to prove something. It's because of you. And Lord, I, I trust you even this morning that you'll give me wisdom. Speak to our hearts. Something that's been laid heavily on my heart as the week has progressed. I ask you that you would anoint us in a very supernatural way. Last night's service, repentance. I thought that was one of the greatest messages I, I ever heard on repentance. Right attitude, the right atmosphere. And Lord, every one of us have to repent every day. Brother Branham said, I have to check up every hour of the day. Lord God, give us a spirit to where that we would have a willingness to repent, a willingness to surrender ourselves to you. Touch, Lord, touch your children today. Sweep across this audience. We are already aware of your presence here now. Bless your children. In Jesus' name we ask you, amen and amen and amen, amen. God bless you. If you will turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. 
Matthew 5 and verse 13. Jesus is standing and he's talking about us even here today. You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill and cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I'd like to, for us to read that scripture together there if we can. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You may be seated. I had two such dreams this week that I would want to share and base this sermon on. Awesome job on that song. One of the dreams was that another minister and myself, we were together somewhere. I just say this somewhere because I have no basis of, of what it was. It was just the theme of it. I just don't know. And we was asked to inspect a building. And this building had no foundations. The walls was leaning. The floor was kind of, it was kind of, it was an unlevel. It was, it was waving. People were wanting to live in that condition. But they asked us, is this a livable situation? Whether it was a church or whether it was a people, we were instructed to tell them to tear it down to the ground and restart it and have a right foundation. When I heard the sermon last night on repentance, it reminded me of that dream. Sometimes you gotta go back, right back to the start. Or those little things that have crept into your life. Brother Wayne spoke last week, he said that door going open, back and open, back and open. He said at night, he said, that one fly or that one mosquito in the room or maybe just multiples of them. You hold the door open long enough. Sometimes it's kind of like that principle of, of the strong man of the house. The scripture tells us that one enemy will come back and he will see if, if the, the floor is garnished, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and if, 
the strong man Christ is not living inside of there. He will return to the house, but he brings seven worse. There was a young man that left the message and he called me in a very abrupt conversation. It was, matter of fact, it was so abrupt that I recorded the conversation because he made a life threat to me. And so he told me, he said, I can control myself. And I said, let me just say this to you, no human being without the Holy Ghost can control themselves. Men can make vows and men can make promises, but humanity always disappoints us. Are you with me? <clears throat> humanity will disappoint you. That's why people can do so good for a certain spell of time and then all of a sudden they hit a bump. And the devil will leave them for quite a spell, but then he'll come back and then they'll just disappear. It's because the enemy re-enters again and begins to charge their lives and takes them into chaos. Sin is a road that will take you further than you ever thought. You ever comprehended. People go a certain way and then they think, oh, I'll never go there. I'll never go there. Brother Random would make that statement. He would say, look at your life. He said, you're either tonight, you're either gonna be a better Christian five years from now, a pillar of the church, or you could be in hell, or a drunkard, or, or all of these different things. Sometimes we, we don't realize that we're charting a course. We're charting a course. Choices that are made. And that's why repentance is so important. Never lose the value of, of true repentance. Without true repentance, there's no sealing of the Holy Ghost. <coughs> now you know I'm not faking. Another this week was I found myself going to a, a huge, never seen anything quite like it, a huge building, a huge place to where that I needed a token to get in. And I, I had a, it was a, it was kind of a symbolic, I had a token and there were people that were trying to get in but didn't have a token. But I was standing there with a token. And it seemed like that, that Connie and, the, and my family were taken to a, a different sort of gate, but I was taken alone in a certain situation to this gate. And I had a bag on my back. It was kind of like a, I don't know how to say it. Can I use the term hippie sack? <coughs> And, and it seemed like the man at the gate was there. He, he looked at me, he called me by name, and, and I recognized him, but I really didn't know him. And he said, Ron, what are you doing with that bag? I said, well, I brought it with me. 
And he said, well, here, just pour it out here. And I poured it out, and he said, them are burdens. He said, you've been carrying a lot of burdens in your life. He said, no, you can't bring them here. I went into the feast, and I won't take time, but I went into the feast and saw many loved ones there. But I, went, I saw one sister that I led to the Lord. She was deaf and dumb. And she was just full of conversation, telling me how much she loved me and how good it was to see me. Oh, what a place that's going to be. Scripture said out of the mouth of babes. This week we had a situation happen in Whitney and Davy's home. And I'm going to do the best of this. I, it says, Mom and Dad, does everyone have Jesus in their heart? And Whitney says, No, baby, they don't. And they respond to him, You must ask him to come into your heart. And he said, That's he said, he says, that's right. He said, the ones who have Jesus in their hearts have lights around them. And the ones that who don't, they're dark. I want to remind you just a moment. He's three years old. I want to think for a moment as I heard him, I heard that conversation had been had and the week was progressing. I I thought for a moment, I saw him three years before he was ever born. And through all the impossible odds, he came on the earth. And now, you know now he's beginning to see this light as a small child. I pray that's in every one of our homes, not just for Isaac. But in every one of our homes that our children see, there's a difference here. I, I, William, I want that for your children. I, I want that for your home. I, I, listen, this is a must-have. This is more than just a message that we're associated with. This message is Christ. And we came from God. And we're going back to God. Now if I could just take the, these thoughts just for a quick summation. We're being sealed for the journey. This is our final preparation hours. It's time to go. It's time to go. And I want to say some, some things here to the today. Jesus would say in Luke chapter 14, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, all things are ready. And they with one consent begin to make excuse. The first said, I have bought a piece of ground and 
I must needs to go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have five oxen, and I must prove them. I pray thee that you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant and showed his Lord these things, that the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the hot, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and to the hedges, and compel them to come, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. What a state. This was not a preacher saying this. This was God himself. And listen, there were many more qualified than us. Many more qualified than us that tasted of the great things, maybe even of the message of the hour, but came so close and walked away and Jesus, they had all of their excuses. And I'm going to say some blunt things here in just a moment. But how close that we can come and miss it. We can easily talk of the rich young ruler. But how many people has occupied pews? I'm not just talking about here. I'm not just talking about a single person or, or a group of people. That don't matter. <laughs> just believe the sign situation that happened about 10 years ago in the message. Where are those people at now? When the folly of all of that nonsense fell apart, now lives are fell apart. It's kind of like a feather tick pillow. You throw it in the air and all of those, those feathers go everywhere. Now to get it all back in the bag, you, it's impossible for you to get it all back in the bag. It's kind of like a rumor. It's impossible to get it all back in the bag. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16. This is Noah. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh. And God commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. And the flood was 40 days on the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark. And it was lift up above the earth. I want you to just notice Noah didn't shut the door. Many years ago in the 80s, they began to preach that mercy was over. I'm really glad that mercy was not over. Mercy is not in the feeble hands of any man. It's not in the feeble hands of any man. Me and you still need mercy. We still need healing. 
We still need repentance. Jesus would use this quotation. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Brother Wayne touched it last week. How close that we can come and miss it. Listen to Brother Branham. He said, I talked to my nephew a while, a little Catholic boy. And said, he said, Uncle Bill, I've run from pillar to post, going everywhere, trying to find something. Night after night, before this meeting started, he has been crying, and at nighttime, he's been dreaming dreams and coming in, running up to the altar. We're preaching and making confession that's, that he's been wrong. And I said, Melvin, no matter where you try to go, how many churches you join, how many Hail Marys you say, how many blessings that you get from man, you've got to be born again. Notice how close he was to a prophet of God, his uncle. And he was missing what God had put before him in his life. <coughs> I'll live. What about this message? Think deeply about it. Does this message offend you? Many times we want to argue with certain points of the message. And this is something that I've always, I may have never said this from the pulpit, but I always has been a backdrop of my ministry. Brother Branham was fellowshipping with an angel. Brother Branham was not just fellowshipping with men, with the full gospel businessmen or powerful men. Brother Branham had met an angel in a cave. Brother Branham's ministry is going to fulfill Malachi 4, 5, and 6 and Revelation 10 and Luke 17. Listen, he is fellowshipping with an angel that watched creation come into existence, watched Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, watched every trial throughout the Scriptures. I will take Brother Branham's thoughts over any man <clears throat> that might gall your hide just a little bit. But you and I have not fellowshipped with that kind of fellowship. And I want to say this to you. Brother Branham recognized that that angel, that picture that we most of us have hanging in our wall that that was the only supernatural photo of the pillar of fire that's ever been recorded in history. We would have missed that had it not been a prophet said, that's him. 
We were lost in our denominational thinking and we needed to be washed. We need to be washed and repent of our creeds and our dogmas and, our, and the things that we were taught. Are you with me? The dress codes of the denominational systems. We need to be washed of those things where you can have a preacher that's married four or five different times or smokes or drinks. Listen, the Holy Ghost is more than just an emotion. The Holy Ghost is life. And we needed a prophet that exhibited not only the word, and signs and wonders, but the life. But Brother Ron, haven't you noticed that Brother Branham made mistakes? He was a human being. We don't worship William Branham. I don't know if you've not been around here long enough, but we don't worship the man William Branham. But we have incredible respect for him. But if you turn that microscope on yourself, but don't you know he made mistakes here and there and here and there and here and there? Why don't you turn that on your denominational preacher? Why don't you turn that on the leaders of the world? God had an intention to send this message to gather his attributes to prepare them for resurrection, to prepare them for rapture, to overcome this Laodicean age. Listen, not just to come, not just to survive, not just to walk through it, but to overcome it. In many places, Brother Branham would compare it to like a railroad boxcar. We've got people here. Brother Denny actually brought me a seal. I hope that was okay. But it's a seal. I used to use those seals when I was working at a certain spot. And, and he, said, he said, after it's all packed in that boxcar, he said, and they closed that door and put the seal on it, it's sealed for its destination. And the railroad companies would put you in the penitentiary for a lifetime if you'd break that seal. It cannot be broken. It's sealed to its destination. We are gonna be sealed to our destination. And he said, not just everybody on the track can just open it up and look at it and examine it and look it over and throw things in or out. You can't do that, no sir, no sir. He said now, another place, he said, that inspector, he came through and he, he shook it and he went through and if he could see anything that was loose, now I'm preaching to you. If there's anything loose, he would condemn it. That's what's the matter, that's what the matter with the inspector's going tonight. He's going by a lot of our lives. And the reason we don't get the Holy Ghost, 
We might carry on and act like we've got it. But the fruits, by your fruits you're known. That's how you're known. And he shakes it to find out that there's any loose places of unbelief. A little loose place over here. A loose place over here. And he condemns it and sets it back again. It's got to be packed right. Now like that sermon last night. I'm not just saying this because Andrew preached it, my son. But I thought it was preached in the right attitude. Not down to you or not being overbearing. But it was a great sermon. This is our opportunity to get things right, not after we die. And I don't care, I don't care if your last name's Branham, no disrespect there, but you gotta be born again. You're gonna face God. And I don't wanna face an angry God. That boxcar's got to go over some rough roads. When you become a Christian, there's some, th- some really tough things that you're going to have to go through. There's <coughs> some really tough things that you're going to go through. If you don't have him, there's going to be times on your road that you're going to feel like giving up. I had a lot of texts sent to me this week. But there was a text that was sent to me this week that said, Brother Ron, at some point I'd like to have a dinner with you. He was, he was away from here. He said, I'd like to have a dinner with you. He said, he said, I'd rather have a dinner with you than any superstar athlete or the president. He said, because your life has been such an example of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, help me. Help me that I never disappoint one person. I pray that they can see Jesus Christ. May that be your testimony today. Someone asked me, are you going to preach this weekend? I said, yeah, I'm going to tell the world I'm still alive. Jesus turns to Simon and says, Simon, I prayed for you that thy faith fail thee not. He said, because Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, I want you to just notice, Simon had been one of the lead disciples. And I want to say something here. You can be one of the leaders in this church and if you don't have Jesus, Satan's going to sift you like wheat. 
He's going to flip your world upside down and no doubt you'll deny him thrice. But Jesus prayed for you. And if you can ever come to a conversion, if you can ever come to a conversion to where you quit arguing, well, I don't know where Brother Brown was right or not, or I, I don't know if this church is right or not. If you ever become convinced, are you with me? I'm going to preach to every one of you. You ever become convinced this message has got rapture in it. It's got resurrection in it. It's got overcoming power in it. It's got how to raise your family, how to raise your children, how to raise above the nightmares of life. It's got the sealing power inside of you. Satan's tried every scheme that he can to destroy it. He's tried every rumor that he can to destroy. He'll do that to you too. But there's a seal of the keeping power on the inside of you where God seals you for your journey. Not just from camp meeting to camp meeting or trial to trial. Help me preach. But for your journey. I'm not here just for tomorrow. I'm not here just for next week. I'm here to the rapture. And as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. I am committed. I'm not turning back. I'll never, 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 never go back. There's nothing to go back to. It's a powerful scripture and it's only just a few words. Remember Lot's wife. I've preached a lot of conventions in my life. I trust I've had an impact. I really do. This stage in my journey, I trust I've had an impact. I trust I will continue to have an impact. But now I want you to hear these words. And I want you to hear them real clear. I want the internet to hear this clear. Do we want to stop and think about the tragedy of being left behind? Do we want to stop and think about the tragedy of being left behind. Things that we couldn't let go. Weights that bound us to the world. Jesus told, he gave a sermon about excuses. I don't want to fulfill that part. I don't mind being part of that compelled to come, unqualified, 
horrible past of life, but yet God, rich in mercy, reached down and grabbed a hold of me, and I could be an inspiration stand with this message. But I don't want to be a part of those that bought land or bought oxen or married somebody. I don't want an excuse. How many people have excuses about just not coming to church? Oh, but Brother Ron, I believe that. Really? Really? I believe what you're preaching. I've been watching it on the internet. I believe what you're preaching. One of these days, I'm going to get in church. Really? One thing to tell me your excuses. And it's another thing to come when this building is empty. Buildings all across the message are empty. And there's no generals to preach to you because God confirmed his word. I'm screaming like Noah out the door of the ark. I cannot imagine the compassion as Noah's watching the animals come. He didn't make that happen. He didn't have the ability to make that happen. Only God can make two of every kind. Gather themselves to the ark. He, he just did his work and he preached every day. He did his work and he preached every day. 120 years. That's what I've been doing here for about 22 years. I've been standing faithful in this pulpit. I preach with this same kind of passion since 1984. Let me just say this to you, but there'll come a time when our lips will be closed. Noah did all he could. Noah did it all. Listen, we cannot in our frame of humanity produce a body change, but we can believe a message with everything that's within us. And let that message, you eat the book, you eat Christ. What does that mean? You hear people in their conversation, they're so politically charged because they're eating Fox News or CNN. They're eating their books. Let me just tell you about political books. They're full of demons. They'll still be going on in the tribulation period. And they won't even know that the rapture took place. Denominations will still be having their churches. They'll be moving right on, saying how bad the world is, how bad abortion is, how bad the gas rates are how bad Russia is, how bad all of these things are, and they've slipped right into the tribulation period because somewhere they made a choice. We're not going to listen, and we're going to crucify that message that has come. 
because it discredited our, our denomination and our preachers and our creeds and our dogmas. You know, sometimes I know the preacher comes down your alley and all of a sudden calls you out. It's then that you can repent or it's then you can hold on to it and get mad and get an attitude. I don't have it in front of me this moment, but it was an angel of God that nudged the prodigal son to go home. That's what Brother Bram said. Nudged him to go home. It wasn't you that got yourself in church. discouraged. I probably won't remember tomorrow. But this morning something told me to go over to your dad's vehicle. And I walked over and I spent some time with them. Then you came over. You said some really nice things to me. And as you were saying some really nice things, you, you expressed the desire of your heart that you wanted to know Christ. And I felt him whirl. Standing right there in that parking lot, I felt him whirl. When I felt him whirl, we begin to pray. And the presence of God, whether you know it or not, an hour before church, there was a boy right here that's sitting here with this. Could you just stand just now? Is it okay? And God met him in the parking lot. He'll meet you. He's after you. You didn't bring yourself. You don't hold yourself. It's him that's holding on to you. and five foolish virgins. I want to identify myself as wise. Brother on one day, what about today? What about today? What about this moment? What brought you back to church, Sister Janetta? You didn't bring yourself back. What got you here? What brought you here? God brought you here. Whether you sat in the front or whether you sat in the back, the same God that's standing on this pulpit with me now knows how to go to where you're at and to your situation. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. Elizabeth, He cares. He cares about your situation. He cares. It's not the temporary moment. He cares about the eternal part of you. That flesh part, that spirit part that you battle with. But that seal, that's the, that soul part. The devil can wrestle with your flesh, Donnie Roger. 
He can wrestle with your spirit and cause you to become depressed. He can cause you to have anxiety. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian, but that spirit can come. But if he is sealed on the inside of you, Now, God is not the kind of businessman that puts a seal on you and then takes it off. Puts a seal on you and takes it off. Well, I feel like a Christian today. Well, he put a seal on you. Well, I don't feel too much like a Christian. I almost feel backslid. It's not based on your feelings. This isn't based on your feelings. Whether you're screaming through Nineveh or you're in the belly of a whale, God's got you in his hands. And I stand here and preach this morning with that thought in mind. Whatever is happening in my body, God's still a healer. you can keep standing. Tuesday morning, what I experienced, I couldn't do nothing about. All I know was I felt like I was going to sleep. And Matthew was working feverishly to keep me awake. I stand with consolation today that I had no fear because I've been sealed for the journey. And I want that same, I want that same thing for every person in this building. This is not about me and it's not about your neighbor. It's about you. It's about you. And maybe you just say, Brother Ron, would you just pray for me this morning? Just pray for me. Just pray for me. I want this to be more than a sermon. A few thoughts that are pulled together. What about you? First excuses that you've had in your life. What my family. around me why don't you just come to a spot that it's me and Jesus it's me and Jesus it's not me and cousins it's me and Jesus me and this message me and this life that's what I pray for my grandchildren I pray that they meet the same Jesus He sung so great last night. But I want that same life for him. 
I can't, I can't pull him there. I can't tug him there. Being my grandson won't give him a ticket. He might become a doctor. That won't give him a ticket. God forbid he become a politician. That won't give him a ticket. Might become millionaires. That won't give him a ticket. But Jesus. But Jesus. That's what we present to you this morning. Jesus. He wants to come to your life. Amen. Brother Andrew, could you pray in? I love you. I love you with all my heart. And I say it from the depths of my heart. I love you. I love you. I love you. Blessed are your eyes for you see. Blessed are your ears for you hear. Blessed. Blessed are you when men revile you, when men persecute you. Blessed are you, for you are the salt of the earth. You are a city that is set on a hill. Father, we stand this hour. And Lord, as a song plays, Lord, it echoes our heart as a Christian. Do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love and your grace to a dying world? Lord, that's why you came. You came to heal the broken heart. You come to minister. You came to be everything to us that we could never become on our own. And today, Father, in your presence, Lord, we recognize, Lord Jesus, that there are many things that are undone. There are many things that need to be made right. But Lord, in your presence, everything can be settled right here. In your presence, Lord, we recognize that you can you can change an atmosphere. You can change an attitude. You can change a heart in just a second, Father. If you created man and did the very first surgery, heart surgery there in the Garden of Eden, and here we are in Satan's Eden, and you desire a place, another Eden, our heart, I pray you come and do heart surgery here this morning. I pray you minister unto us to your riches and grace. We so love you, Father. With all our hearts. 
say Jesus, Jesus in me? Oh, do they see Jesus in me? Do they recognize your face? Do I communicate your love? that I see in the mirror the one I want others to see do I show in the way that I walk in my life the love you show on me my heart's desire sing that course together. Than I ever have 
morning star went throughout eternity I'm going to praise Him and forevermore As we sing that, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Oh.